Welcome to the last installment in Baker McKenzie's Asia-Pacific Risk and Crisis Management podcast series, Managing Business Compliance Issues in the New Normal. In this series of podcasts, we are exploring the challenges and risks encountered by business amidst the constantly changing legal and regulatory landscape. Our Baker McKenzie team of speakers have shared their insights around the various legal and compliance issues as illustrated via a factual scenario arising from a fraudulent transaction. I am Simon Hoy. I'm a partner in Baker McKenzie's Dispute and Compliance Group based in Shanghai. I'm joined today by my fellow partners, Vivian Wu, who is based in Beijing, and Toby Patton from Melbourne. Vivian leads the regulatory and compliance team in Beijing, and Toby specializes in data privacy and IP issues. If you are listening to this podcast and have also listened to the past four episodes of the series, I will not repeat all the facts from the hypothetical scenario, but the key points are, as a result of a fraudulent email, the people within the company acting on that email, including someone who is working remotely, a 5 million payment that was due to go to a supplier has instead been sent to the fraudster's bank account. In the first episode, our speakers discuss ways of effectively communicating with banks to minimize and contain risk exposures upon discovery of fraud. In episode two, our speakers discuss options and key steps to take once money has been transferred from the receiving bank's account, on the, focusing on the key elements required for a successful recovery from fraudsters from a civil law and common law perspective. Remedy, compensation through insurance is also discussed. Episode three answers key questions around communications with authorities following a fraudulent transaction. Our speakers talk about who has the legal obligation to report an incident and which regulatory authorities need to be contacted. Episode four, outlines the internal issues resulting from the incident, as well as key considerations when undertaking employee investigations. Our speakers also touch on the corresponding disciplinary actions against involved parties. Today, we will be looking at the potential data privacy issues and liabilities arising from the scenario and what steps an organization should take following the incident. Nowadays, all businesses around the globe, even in the most typical industries, would inevitably rely on internet technology in their routine operations. That gives a company new challenge regarding privacy security. Different jurisdictions enacted or revised the privacy laws and cybersecurity laws in the past few years. Companies will bear more obligation and might be forced with some additional underlying risk. To protect the company, legal and senior management of a company may need to set out and implement a universal standard regarding data privacy to meet these requirements. Today, Toby and Vivian are here with me to share an overview of main issues to consider from privacy law perspective. We will cover common law jurisdictions such as Australia, New Zealand, Singapore, 
as well as civil law jurisdictions such as mainland China. So, Toby, what are the issues to consider from privacy laws in common law jurisdictions? Thank you, Simon. Well, many of the common law jurisdictions across the Asia-Pacific apprehensive typically set out in legislation uh, as opposed to there being a, a common law right to privacy, that is a, you know, a right that might be prescribed by a court. The impact of this is that if an individual's personal information has been misused, which seems to be the case here, it may be up to a regulator to take action rather than the individual having the right to take action themselves. In this scenario, the main privacy law considerations are around First of all, the obligation to keep the information secure. And secondly, whether there is any obligation on a company to report a data breach, data breach they have suffered. Now, regarding the obligation to keep information secure, a common approach across common law jurisdictions is to require that organisation to keep information secure according to the sensitivity of that information, rather than prescribing specific standards that an organisation must comply with. Turning now to data breach notification, now Australia has mandatory notification requirements. But regulators in other jurisdictions such as Hong Kong and, and Singapore um, provide best practice guidance that if an organisation has suffered a breach, then they should notify the regulator and affected individuals. New Zealand and Singapore are in the course of bringing in laws that, like Australia, would make it mandatory for data breach to be notified. So there are some changes coming up there. The exception here is that some jurisdictions, such as, again, Singapore, have industry-specific privacy laws covering regulated industries such as financial services, which would require data breach reporting. Thank you, Toby. Vivian, uh, more specifically in China, would you share with us your view regarding reporting obligations in terms of leakage of personal information? Sure, thank you, Simon. Well, from a privacy law perspective, there is uh, um, at least, uh, theoretically speaking, a mandatory reporting obligation to the PRC regulators. Specifically, under the PRC cybersecurity law effective from June 1, 2017, if personal information has or may be leaked, damaged or lost, a network operator is required to take remedy measures immediately and inform users promptly and report the same to the relevant competent authorities. So the network operator should report data leakage or potential data leakage to the competent Chinese regulator. However, the China cybersecurity law actually has not um, further defined which situation constitutes personal information leakage. And the detailed reporting procedures is not clear um, and also the reporting infrastructure has not been fully established. So as a result, Chinese regulators actually have a quite broad discretion on deciding whether the, net, the network operator has an obligation or is obliged to report. Um, in practice, if the company for prudent purpose decides to report the potential leakage of personal information to the local uh, regulator, including the PSB, there are potential risks that the local uh, regulators may inspect the company's system from a cybersecurity perspective, 
in particular to check whether there are sufficient safeguards to avoid the cyber attack or the information leakage. So um, that that's one of the factors the company needs to consider before the reporting too. Thank you, Sam. Thanks, Vivian. Uh, just a follow-up question to that. If the company's email is accessed in China but not based on the Chinese network, would the PRC's cybersecurity law still apply? Yeah, that's actually a, a quite common question that we counter in practice. Many uh, of our clients actually have the email server um, located outside of China, but they have the email um, system accessible by the Chinese employees. In that case, they just wonder whether the PRC cybersecurity law should apply. Um, in a short answer, yes. The China cybersecurity law actually applies to establishment, operation maintenance, and usage of networks within the PRC. So if the company's employees use uh, email system within the territory of PRC, presumably uh, the China cybersecurity law would apply. And further, it's just one thing I would like to clarify. The network operator refers to network owners, network administrators, or network service providers. So the company is very likely to be viewed as a network administrator. And then uh, the regulatory requirements under the China cybersecurity law would apply. Thank you. Thanks, Vivian. We can see that more than ever, it is crucial that organizations manage and safeguard personal information and address their risk and legal responsibility in relation to processing personal data. So uh, let's go back to the scenario, Toby. What are the steps the organization should take following such an uh, incident? Well, based on the scenario that we've set out here, it, it seems the GM's email account has been hacked allowing a third party to review her inbox and glean the details of her CFO and the relevant supplier and also send an email to the CFO pretending to be that GM. It's clear that a, some sort of security breach has occurred, but the obligation to maintain the security of information under privacy laws is not absolute. Most regulators recognise that despite having strong security, hacks still happen. The first thing the affected company should do is to work out how the hack happened, what information has been accessed, and whether the appropriate security procedures were in place and had been followed. Depending on the size and capability of the organisation, it may be necessary to bring in an expert to assess how the breach occurred, what information has been accessed, and whether that organisation's security practices are up to scratch. On whether it's necessary to report the data breach, Looking at it briefly from an Australian perspective, a key point to consider is whether there is the risk of an individual suffering serious harm. Now, the fact that a fraud of $5 million has occurred makes it fairly likely that such a risk occurs here, and the organisation should report the breach to the regulator. As to whether it's also necessary to notify affected individuals, I expect both the GN and CFO are aware of the risk and unlikely to approve any further payments. It could be that individuals at the suppliers to the organisation are affected to the extent that their details could have also been subject to the hack, but really the focus should be on the organisation which approved the payment to ensure no further payments are approved until it is clear that the incident has been resolved.
Thank you, Toby. Vivian, could you also provide your insights on this issue? Thank you, um, Simon and uh, Toby. I think Toby is quite right. If we are talking about a fraud of um, like US dollar five million, definitely we need to report to the police uh, for a criminal investigation. Um, and I would like to clarify, there are two angles of this reporting obligation. One angle is really about the fraud, um, and the other angle is really about uh, the information leakage. Um, the fraud uh, on the criminal side, I think it's quite clear, but for the information leakage part, uh, as I just mentioned, uh, the reporting uh, infrastructure has not been fully established. But there is uh, some cooperation within the uh, the local police bureau, they, are, they probably would um, uh, approach the issues from these two angles. So in terms of what an organization can do, I just want to supplement that it's very important for the, camp, for the company to provide sufficient cybersecurity compliance training to employees on a regular basis, as well as including such training for new hires. Um, and the second, it's also important to encourage employees to report phishing emails and then blocking the IP address promptly. Um, and also, um, equally important, uh, it's um, advisable for the company to conduct internal assessment on its IT system to identify the vulnerabilities for cyber attack in due course. And last but not the least, the company should probably have an emergency plan for data leakage, which may involve notification to the relevant stakeholders, including employees, suppliers, and the relevant business partners, as well as reporting uh, to the regulators. Thank you, Simon. Thank you, Vivian and Toby, for your insight. Um, in terms of the risk, what do you think are the main exposure to the organization following such incident? And can you both share your thoughts on this? Toby, sure, I'll, I'll go first. Yeah, I'll go first, Simon. Thanks. Well, I think um, you know, the, the largest risk really is regulatory action. Now, there are fines for failures to comply with privacy laws. However, if the organization can show that they had proper procedures in place, then maybe the no penalties would be levied for this kind of incident. Secondly, we've got reputation. And, and I think there are two points here. Firstly, where the privacy laws prescribe mandatory reporting to the regulator, there is often an option asking that the regulator keep the report confidential. If reporting is also made to affected individuals, then there's always the risk that news of the breach will spread. Secondly, given a third party has suffered a loss, there's a clear risk here that they will spread the news. For these reasons, the organisation should engage its corporate affairs team for advice on how best to try and manage any reputational impacts flowing from the breach. A third point to consider is the risk of common law claims. Now, as noted earlier, many of the privacy laws in common law jurisdictions limit claims to those brought by a regulator. However, the party suffering the $5 million loss might have an action in negligence, which may depend on the extent to which the organisation has strong privacy procedures in place. They may also have an action in contract if there were contractual terms in place between the organisation and the supplier. Thank you, Toby. Vivian, uh, are there any cross-border considerations in relation to data protections? 
from a PRC law perspective? Well,、um, I would say that、um, not particularly relevant to, to this particular case, but、um, I understand that in practice there is a lot of heated discussion on the cross-border data transfer statutory requirements, and in particular,、uh, the companies, multinational companies, they are. Uh, they are keen to know that whether they need to do some、um, security assessment before they can transfer the data outside of China to their headquarters, for example. And I would say that uh, uh, under the cybersecurity law, there is a general obligation、uh, to do some、uh, security assessment、uh, for some important data、um, out、uh, transmission outside of China, but. There are only some general guidance、um, issued, draft guidance issued, and there is still、uh, no very clear picture regarding how the regulators would like to approach、uh, this particular issue. And、uh, in the community, there are debates. As we have seen, some companies they are taking more a way to see approach. On the other hand, we also、uh, see like、uh, some companies also started to planning. For the localization of their data within China. Thank you, Simon. Well, thank you, Toby and Vivian, for sharing your insights, and thank you so much, everyone, for listening. I think it's clear from hearing the speakers today, as a matter of best practice, a company may want to invest resources to manage potential privacy risk in routine operations. And compare with these consequences of data leakage or other type of incidents, the daily investments appears to be a cost-effective approach. And this concludes our Asia Pacific Risk and Crisis Management podcast series. We hope you found all five episodes helpful, and are looking forward to sharing more information that will be relevant for you and your organization in the future. Thank you. Thank you.